Hey, 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 this is Janet Dalglish and welcome to the Empress Zone. I help smart, rebellious women like you get the most juice and joy out of their lives because you deserve joyful success, not success that's been achieved through struggle, sacrifice and misery. So if that sounds like something you'd like more of, listen on. Good morning, Empress friends. Today I want to talk about the concept of change because this is fundamental to being humans. We're always in a state of change. It's in our bodies. It's in our blood. We're never completely still. Um, And I'm particularly interested in the kind of change that we need to undertake or that we want to undertake in order to expand in order to take up as much of our the space in our own lives as we can in order to become more fulfilled more satisfied more joyous more whatever it is we want more of <laughs> we need to there's something in us that needs to change because we're going to become the person who has that thing or does that thing so if it's something like i want to work fewer days a week you're going to have to become the person who doesn't work obsessively seven days a week. Um, the really interesting question, though, is how how we can make change easier. We know already that our brains are very wary of change. So our brains will often do whatever they can to keep us from doing change because change is scary. Setting that aside, well, no, actually, let's not set that aside. I mean, we'll talk about it in more detail in another episode, but... Let's assume that change requires some effort. In order for anything to change its state, whether we're talking changing the direction of a ship at sea or um, changing the sheets on your bed, whatever it is, in order for change to happen, some some effort needs to be exerted. And in the the case of humans who, who are wanting to up-level something in their lives the the change is an internal one we have to make some effort we have to create some new habits to support the change we have we might have to change some thoughts we have about ourselves or about the situation in order to implement some change because change it doesn't happen while we're just kind of not thinking any differently and not behaving any differently so thinking and behaving are the two things that kind of the, the two ways in which we implement change. And what's really interesting to me is there are two pathways towards change. And these two pathways are not about how we do it so much as why we do it. The, the question becomes whether we are changing out of love or out of fear. So if we're changing something because we fear that if we don't change it, something disastrous is going to happen. So, you know, if I don't drop 20 pounds that will drop three dress sizes um, my husband's going to leave me that's a fear-based change and it's the way most of us have been trained to change most of us change out of some sense of oh I need to change this or else something terrible is going to happen and it's not that's not necessarily an untrue thing so for example if I'm driving down the road and I see a red light ahead of me and I don't change the state of my car from full at full speed to slowing down and stopping then something terrible might happen a truck might come through the green light and sideswipe me so it's not exactly um, a bad thing to change things out of a sense of what could happen if I don't 
the the but there are there are lots of times especially with internal change where we get to choose to do it out of love and the particular thing is that when we're doing it out of a fear that we are not enough that there is something wrong with me i am broken and i need fixing that's the kind of fear-based change that tends not to work particularly well it's really hard to do because we're putting ourselves in a state of of uh, not liking ourselves and that's always a hard place to start from but also there's not much fuel there this doesn't give us any this doesn't give us the fuel we need in order to make the effort to exert the 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 work that we need to do in order to change and the really thing interesting thing is there is plenty of research on this there is brain science research <laughs> that shows excuse me I'm coughing um, there's research that shows that people who are self-critical people who come from a habit of I'm not enough I'm not good enough I'm not doing enough I my business isn't thriving enough I'm not in control enough all of those thoughts when people are coming from that position of self-criticism, the desire to change comes in order to meet some self-imposed measure, a measure of worthiness. Am I worth the space that I take up on the planet? Am I worth the money that someone's paying me? Am I worth my husband staying in relationship with me? All of these unconscious thoughts are going on. It's as though the, these internal voices are saying things like, you know, when you've dropped two dress sizes, then you'll be lovable. Or if only you had more money in the bank, then you could relax. Or, you know, if you get that promotion, if you break that, you know, if you make that six figure or seven figure mark, then you'll feel like a success. In other words, the principle behind it is change first and then allow yourself to be happy and satisfied with yourself and your own life. And of course, we know it doesn't work because what tends to happen when we're in that frame of mind and we're coming from that sense of fear two things happen if we do if we do if we don't make the desired goal if we don't make the dropping two dress sizes more money in the bank getting the promotion it becomes another stick that we use for beating ourselves up with and that doesn't help and if we do manage to get there the happiness is really short-lived because deep down if we have this pattern of self-criticism we simply don't like ourselves and the external achievements, external measures are never going to be enough to flip that opinion that we have. The flipping of the opinion, the habit of self-criticism, it, it, that's work we have to do internally. That habit of self-criticism means that nothing we achieve now can fix how we feel about it ourselves. That's what it looks like to be constantly trying to change out of a sense of fear, out of a sense of, uh-oh, I'm not good enough in some way. So how do we switch that up? We, we, we start learning to change out of a sense of love we, because, <laughs> and when I say love, this is self-love and this is not, um, I mean, this does incorporate self-pride, noticing our achievements, etc., etc. but it also has to have it has to have compassion woven into it. A sense of, I'm human. I have compassion. I love all of me. The messy bits, the bits that are in pain, the bits that aren't operating the way I think, quote, quote unquote, they should be. I'm going to love myself for all of those. And as my dear friend Karen C.L. Anderson advises, it's not I love myself despite the messy pieces. 
It's I love myself because of the messy pieces. This is a really new concept. This idea that we not only do we accept all of ourselves, we embrace all of ourselves. And here's why. It's because people who are good at self-compassion and self-love want to change because the change itself, the thing we're striving towards, is an expression of our own growth and expansion. It's an expression of how we be more truly, truly and authentically ourselves. And that can't happen when we are in a state of, oh, I'm never going to be good enough. I'm never going to do this. Or if only I could achieve that thing, then I'm allowed to love myself. That's never going to work because we're never going to get there. It's the Sisyphean task. Sisyphus was uh, was cursed to be consistently and always pushing a heavy boulder uphill. And it didn't matter how far he got, there was always more hill to climb. That's what it's like to try and create change out of self-criticism and out of fear. We don't want to do that. <laughs> because two reasons. First of all, the change is really hard when we're doing it that way. Um, and second of all, we don't have to wait until we've achieved something in order to feel like, oh, I, I am worth the space I take up. I am doing a good job. Even when it goes messy, I'm doing a good job. The thing is that when people are coming from this sense of self-compassion and self-love, it's fueled by a sense that whatever the outcome, whether we achieve the target or not, I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be happy that I gave it a shot. I'm going to be happy because I'm going to enjoy the journey because I'm coming from a space of love. And it happens because we're happy with who we already are. Everything else is a bonus. Brain science tells us that when we want to contemplate a big shift, it can put our brain into overwhelm and that can be a trigger for the whole trauma response, fight or flight response, and that can have us feeling stuck. We don't want to do that. We want to come from a place of love and compassion. And in that situation, we can do it by recognizing that we, that we might have given our brain something that scared it and that's okay. We can soothe it. We can say, it's okay, brain. I love you. I know you're just trying to keep me safe. Not a drama. No problem. And then we think, what's the next step I could take? If that big thing I'm dreaming of seems like impossible, crazy, I, you know, how could I possibly do that thing? Break it down and just look at the very first thing. What would be the first step that would take me in that direction? And at the same time, do it with a sense of, Oh my gosh, I love the part of me that's willing to do this, the part of me that's found this courage, the part of me that's willing to take a a risk, the part of me that's willing to take a step forward. And I also love the part of me that's terrified and trying to keep me safe because I'm I'm going to decide that I love all of me even when I'm trying to do these scary things. We don't want to be using brute force and willpower to effect the changes that we want because willpower is our weakest power Um, despite what some reality tv gurus might be claiming willpower doesn't actually work very well for very long what we do what we what what it creates a far better fuel a far better source of inspiration is this sense of love and compassion mixed in with added in with seasoned with a sense of curiosity i wonder what could happen i wonder i wonder what possibilities are out there I wonder what I could do and 
I have to tell you, it doesn't matter whether you've got $3 in the bank or $3 million in the bank. Human brains function the same way. We all have this, we were all raised in a system that says the only way to get someone to change is to shame them and to criticize them. So we have that deeply wired in us alongside the natural neurological desire to keep us safe. And the solution to, to help us tap into our full empress powers is to recognize that the neurological desire to keep us safe is not a problem. It's not, it doesn't mean we're broken and we can work with it to soothe it and calm it because it's not, we're not letting that drive the bus and trying to use self-criticism, allowing self-criticism to try and run the change is not helpful. It makes it really tiring. It's really hard to stay enthusiastic and it's really hard to, it's really hard to get to, to, to be willing to celebrate the victories that we do have, the changes that we do make. We dismiss them because we're on to the next thing. We don't want to be doing that anymore. So this is my invitation to you to say, celebrate self-love, celebrate compassion for yourself. Find that as the source of fuel for the change that you want to make. Not because you there's something wrong with you that needs fixing, but because there's already something glorious about you that needs expressing. That's the key. So if I can help with you, I know that sometimes imagining that there's a sense of glory, that you have glory already that needs to be expressed in the world. I know sometimes that can be hard to believe because, you know, wiring how we've been trained. Um, if you, That's the stuff that I help my clients with. If, you, if, I, if I can help with that, then hit me up, get in touch and um, we'll talk about how I can support you. Meantime, have a fabulous day. Embrace all of your Empress self and imagine the idea of the next change that you want to make being fueled by love and how cool that's going to be. All right, my sweets, I will talk to you again soon. Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope this was useful or fun or interesting. If you'd like to get in touch with any questions or comments, you'll find all my contact details in the show notes. Love you lots. See you next time.